What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just so many microphones and ah, that's audio. I know, right? I mean, stuff. this is what happened to us by being stuck at home forever. We bought way too many microphones and cameras and whatever. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Yeah, no. Well, no, I'm in a foul mood foul? because BA just canceled my return flight for a trip I'm taking on Friday. What? What? No way. Yeah, five fi five days before the return flight, they and they did it so inelegantly. I got a notification that my seat had changed, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. that's whatever. Maybe they changed the airplane or whatever." So I click on that, and it takes me to my booking. It says your flight's been canceled, uh, and I. So you're going somewhere, but you're not coming back. Not coming back, and I have to get back. And they <laughs> keep doing this. Ba and Virgin. Well, depends on what depends on where you're going. Where are you going? Washington well, D.C. Oh uh, yeah, well. No, sorry for the guys who were. I was about to say that DC is maybe not the not the best place to stay, but no, it's it's okay actually. <laughs> I'm gonna have yeah, some hate I mean, mail I, now. I, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this keeps happening. Virgin are really bad at this of loading a schedule in and uh, and then canceling it. But you just said BA was it Virgin? Yeah, Virgin have been doing this throughout covid they'll load it in and then you book it they take your money and then you with about maybe three or four weeks before the flight they cancel it this is how they play i haven't had they play with treasury all these airlines all this time you know like i'll oh, book stuff don't worry book it here's a yeah. voucher and, and then they the want money <laughs> the, exactly the voucher and then you know it's it's infuriating ba have done it to me on on a few occasions, but the the flight will linger on in Google Flights as an available result for days and days after they've canceled <laughs> the flights because it hasn't permeated through all of their affiliate partners, you know, airline partners and all that. They really do at this rate. <laughs> so, so was, is it a long trip? As in, are you supposed to stay only a couple of days and coming back? <laughs> yeah, a couple of days. Like I'm there. I'm out there for for uh, just a couple of days, oh, and gosh. you know, leaving Friday, coming back. I was supposed to leave at like 11 p.m. Friday night, so I'm scrambling to figure out if I can. So still this is fantastic because your uh, your weekend is going to turn out to stay a month or something in DC. Yeah, <laughs> sorry because. Well, let's have a nice weekend in DC, enjoy some good food and, you know, invade the capital. No, sorry, this is not where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me press the usual stuff because we are actually already recording, but this is I the... I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> there you go. Love it. He's counting on you, Alex. He's counting on you. Uh, uh, it's getting hot in here. Let me remove my... Yeah, same. Let me remove my jacket before we start this. I mean, we already started. Hello, everyone. This is episode... 110 holy cow 110 one flight 110 i don't know where we're going two hours probably again like last time we didn't have any complaints so people i thought they don't tune in i think they do because i see the i see their stats or they're okay with us going on forever i i even removed chapters i used to do chapters and because now i'm just going live and raw podcast verite yeah. as i called it i just you know <laughs> like no chapter. guys there's a pause button you go you can you can pause I'm sure some of you would like to have a non-Paul button, so you only listen to Alex and not Paul. Just remember. Oh, I don't know about that. Jeez, <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> this is the episode where we will learn how it feels for Alex to have been a kid again, and ask him in a few because he he flew with his mother. I hope that didn't get cancelled, right? That happened. 
No, we made oh, it. Oh, you made it. We made it. <laughs> so I ask you in a bit, how was that? So let's have our intro music before we get into the proceedings. Which one is the button now? Because I have so many buttons, like so many microphones. I think this is the one. This is the short version. Let's go. So Gen Kanai, the epitome of good taste in music, wrote us to say the music is amazing, which means that I'm not going to change it. Guys, this is a new music for the show because yeah. Gen Kanai decided, and I think... <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever and ever. Sorry, we've been off the air for a while. I don't know when we recorded last. Was it a month ago? Because Alex is crisscrossing the world. I mean, mostly crisscrossing to the US and back. <laughs> Yeah, and then we were supposed to record him, and then my daughter broke oh, her wrist. No. So is she better now? She's getting. She's a tough little little cookie. So she yeah, takes from her from her father. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> not that I wish you to break your wrist when you're taking a I don't, flight. Yeah, I'd rather not at this point. So yes, yeah, so two hours probably. Uh, hopefully, maybe less. But we have so much to talk about, and then again, so little to talk about. Um, I haven't listened to your latest Mastication Nation because it's on Hong Kong, and I'm sure that must be a grand one. But I listened to the previous one, and I I love the fact that you've been pistol whipped. So that's that that. Yeah, everybody seemed to like that. <laughs> I mean, I got shot at, but not not so the bottle didn't get through me. But that was uh, that's for maybe one day. <laughs> I'm talking. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. I don't I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, one. because that's you know part of the world that's always contentious. So which is why probably not going to do that on layovers. I'll tell you after when we finish <laughs> recording. Mm. Um, so, uh, first of all, it's amazing that it's, uh, we just said it's hot in here, uh, that is great weather finally, because we had a dreadful month of May in the UK and all over Europe, I think. And because we can go out, we can actually meet people again. It feels really cool, really great that we're starting to get it's fantastic. some normality. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely right. needed and deserved, frankly. We as a people <laughs> deserve some decent weather. <laughs> it's been Awful. And also some decent food outside. There's something to be said about just having someone serving you food. I know it's not here to talk about someone that serves you food, but to not having to cook and being outside with friends and enjoying a good beer or good wine and being uh, it's just it's just amazing and uh it feels we have some kind of normality i always want to be cautious of course because i said that last <laughs> june <laughs> but i think this time is it should be at least in our countries when i say countries obviously i meant for you is both the us and the uk for me it's uh, the uk but i'm not brit yet maybe one day uh, after nine years here um it feels it feels great and i'm happy as well for the people to being able to work people in hospitality starting to being able to do something again because that started to be a little bit long for them right yeah but for us did you enjoy some good food i always enjoy some good food oh you know that yeah i'm always always on the lookout yeah i had uh some some amazing amazing food in california california japanese fusion that was a, probably a highlight not, not called a california roll <laughs> well yeah <laughs> i mean there is that too yeah it was good good stuff oakland i'd forgotten uh how good the food scene is there oh wow 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll ask you in a bit. I'll ask you in a bit about your flights there, uh, because obviously, um, in our pure tradition of being people that uh, foresee the future always, and we've always been good at this, we finished our last episode by saying. I think I said it, maybe you said it, I don't remember. Don't get diverted. Well, unless you were flying from Athens to Vilnius on a Ryanair flight and ended up in Minsk, don't get diverted. <laughs> Holy crap. What the, man? That's insane. What a dangerous precedent that's in. That's insane. For those who haven't followed, so a Ryanair flight took off from Athens, was supposed to land in Vilnius. Uh, so it's a straight line. If you look at the map, it's really, you go... Full north from Athens, you end up in Vilnius, I think, what is two, three hours flight, probably. And um, just when they were over Belarus, which uh, the airspace, because they have to in, the, in that straight line, they, they, they sent a MiG, uh, said that they had a, a call that they might have had a bomb on board and diverted the flight, said you need to get to the nearest airport. Vilnius was actually closer, but because they were on the air, and especially imagine if you're a pilot and you get a MiG being sent in front of you, you don't do, you don't, you don't play smart. Don't and um, yeah, and that was kind of the crazy story. Um, O'Leary, the CEO of uh, Ryanair, called it uh, hijacking, piracying the air. Uh, it's crazy, man. I mean, I, I yeah. It's crazy on so many levels. I mean, if you'd read it out of context, you would have thought it sounded far-fetched and, and overwritten uh, and, and not out of place in a sort of mediocre spy novel. But it was it, it was interesting on so many levels because of, you know, from a geopolitical perspective, it set a dangerous precedent that if a third nation, you know, because it wasn't a Belarusian airplane, it wasn't a Belarusian airline. It was a Polish, airline, so it it was a Polish uh, registered Polish aircraft. registered, yeah, with a parent in Ireland yeah. flying between Greece and Lithuania. To EU countries, to NATO countries, and then if you add all of them, basically all of them NATO and EU countries, and then suddenly you get diverted. You have a third party, basically. Yeah, I mean, I don't think hijacking is, a, is an exaggeration, but... Then you you know you went through all from the pilot's perspective and reading all of their forms and they're basically saying what you just alluded to, when there is a MIG next to you, you do what you're told. Yeah, I uh, mean you land where they tell you to land, and then you figure out the consequences after that because who knows what they're gonna do. Yeah, who knows what they're gonna do? The uh, they said they had. I mean, it's a bit of a joke. They said they had a warning from Hamas uh, that there was a planned bomb on that flight, only that the email that they uh, presented as proof was sent 24 minutes after the actual diversion. So there's also so probably could be that this is just all fake. Uh, they clearly wanted to catch this political opponent, apparently, that was on the flight. And uh, yeah. uh, O'Leary said as well that there were operatives uh, that boarded the flight. And um, so I'm wondering if these operatives got a voucher from Ryanair because they didn't finish the flight. Right? <laughs> they didn't get where they needed to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the precedent is, is obviously something that is problematic because... I mean, some people are read online, of course, online. I mean, there's a lot of morons online. People say, yeah, but this person shouldn't have taken the flight knowing they would fly over the country that he's opposing. Yeah, but the problem is... But when was the last time this? The, yeah. No, nonsense. <laughs> right. 
nonsense. And also, also, if Paul and Alex are on that flight, am I going to check that every single passenger or any flight I'm going to take in the future has no business being on an airspace of something? And then you get it's it's not only the person, which of course is shameful and shouldn't have happened to him, and apparently is his girlfriend, I think, but also for the rest of the passengers, you you're being suddenly diverted. It's not your fault. Staying and yeah. and and that was. Just that. It could have been worse. We don't know. Remember, there was a flight that was shot down over Ukraine yeah, years ago. It's not obviously yeah. the same thing. But, I mean, it's it's like, no, I, I'm, I, I'm not liking that at all. No, I, don't, I think that's nonsense. That whole thing is just specious reasoning that, that doesn't – I mean, and also, like, how many people are going to check the – yes, I appreciate that it's a straight line on a yeah. map, but generally – flights don't work like that but what you know what has been interesting as a result of one of the as part of the fallout of this is that airlines have stopped flying over belarus yeah so the um the eu has asked all its airline to not fly over belarus the uk has done the same now it's not part of the eu uh and then it became a whole grand chessboard because Russia suddenly started saying that, hey, Air France or Lufthansa, you cannot come to Moscow. We're not giving you the flight rights because you want to avoid Belarus on the way here. So flights got canceled and it's becoming a mess. And it's, I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, there's, it's not, it's not just a, symbolic gesture there's there's economic implications for belarus because for every plane that flies over even if they don't land belarus takes a a, fee fee. and so the eu and uk and i think a few other countries their decision to do this collectively wasn't in its essence an economic sanction yeah i can't imagine the numbers were were huge but it was so in that in that sense it was symbolic but uh i think that's why russia uh, has done what they've and, done, but yeah, you're right. It's a, it's yeah, and and the UK and the EU have also, and probably other. Uh, I didn't check, but of course we're closer. Have also banned uh, Belavia, I think is the name of the airline, um, yeah, to yeah, come right. to. So here's a tit tit for that, and it, it's uh, the 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 major. The, the, the foundational problem is also, I think it's one of the rule of the airspace by ICAO that you shouldn't do that. So this is even before being an economic sanctions, you just, you're not just allowed to do that. So there, hence these, uh, these decisions, but yeah, it shouldn't, uh, I think, um, Walsh, uh, who's now heading IATA is criti- criticizing actually, actually the decision of uh, banning overflights, uh, saying that it shouldn't be a political decision, but uh, it should only be a safety decision. Isn't that the worst safety decision? I don't know, because... <laughs> yeah, I, one could very very reasonably argue that if you are a critic of the Belarusian government or the uh, Russian government, even if there are as in cahoots as they seem to be, that that's a, a a genuine safety risk. And if that, and if the if they're going to use this big stick approach of scrambling fighters to to bring, I, I think that sounds like a safety risk to me. Yeah, and maybe now Ryanair will introduce an a new fee, um, which is a new section. Is a no make avoidance exactly fee. no kidnap fee, maybe or a, you pay an extra fee in your insure to 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 go to your destination. I pay. <laughs> what? I pay. <laughs> 
Or um, there was this, uh, that, that's not me, that I found this joke. Dear President Lukashenko, that's the president of Belarus, my mother-in-law will be on Ryanair flight uh, 1268 <laughs> from Paris to Moscow. I'll be flying over Belarus at about 8 p.m. I definitely heard or criticized your regime during Sunday lunch last week. You are most welcome. <laughs> so let's uh, let's uh, send people we don't like over Belarus so they get uh, diverted. No, that's just a stupid joke. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's not uh, really <laughs> it's not really really fun. Um, um, hold on. Uh, what do I want? Yeah, talking about Russia, I read yesterday a, a very interesting article that uh, because you said that everybody and their grandmother was flying in the US, it seems that it's, I mean, we're still not at the numbers, uh, of course, pre pandemic in the US, but of course, it's taking off, no pun intended. Russia, uh, I didn't know that Aeroflot had um, a low cost arm called Pobedo, I think. And uh, so they're redeploying a lot of routes, of course, domestically, because they have this huge domestic market, although it's piercingly populated in some parts. The load yeah. factors of that uh, low-cost arm of Aeroflot are 98 to 99%. It's insane. So they're, it's like pre-pandemic wow. for them already there. It's, it's crazy. And the reopening route, I think it was Reuters that called it Soviet-era route. <laughs> I don't know what that actually means, but... Yeah, what does I, I don't know. But probably that the flights they were never that they had stopped taking since then. But yeah, so good for them, I guess, uh, in terms of uh, load factors, because in Europe where we are, uh, haven't seen that happening yet. No. Um. <clears throat> uh, I I took some notes, and of course they're all in a mess. So I don't know where I am. Uh. Oh yeah, a few feedback. A uh, few feedback. Uh, taking a few because again, I told you guys I'm not reading everything though we really appreciate all the time you're taking absolutely but I'm, I'm not really on social media but i'm gonna use the network i truly don't like which is linkedin because we got, <laughs> got two messages on linkedin so i was there and i saw these messages i reply thank you there's first dominic who said i'm thrilled the layovers podcast is back thanks for uh, all you do uh, as a navy geek it's great to hear such relaxed yet intelligent commentary i kind of like that this is what we try to. That's very kind. Yeah, that's. I haven't. I don't think I've been called either of those things in a very long time. So I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, and uh, so he has a company, Soar Events DC. So he's maybe he's in DC actually. I haven't asked yeah. him. Uh, that actually caters about events in mixing with his love of commercial aviation. So Dominic, thank you so much. Um, and Michael Russo, uh, also on LinkedIn, said, uh, "So glad to see you podcasting again." He's an interna international flyer like us, and he's a big fan. So thank you, thank you so much for this. Um, on Twitter, it was just just yesterday. Um, it was from Lucid Alchemist. By the way, loved the last two layovers podcast. Made me feel like life was returning. I don't know if we are a good barometer for that. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess maybe just because we used to always be there in the good old days, quote unquote, and now we're back. Maybe not necessarily talking about the things we used to talk about, but uh, we are back. And he's doing his first international flight in 18 months this Thursday. We're recording, by the way, on Wednesday, the 9th of June, which means you'll get this episode on the Wednesday of 9th of June. He's doing a travel bubble uh, between Sydney to Auckland on Air New oh, Zealand. That's exciting. That's amazing, man. I, I wish we could do that. We we have kind of a travel bubble, unless you're in the UK, because there's no bubble at all. We'll come to that a bit later as well. But we can travel between London to Edinburgh, I think. That's a travel bubble. That's about it. 
exactly. And Alex Green on Instagram uh, sent us what used to be something that we would ask even, a picture of uh, him listening to Layovers. Is it the 109? Yeah, 109 episode. And he says, first flight in 19 plus month, Denver to Koa. K-O-A. What is that? Koa? Oh, um in Hawaii. Oh yeah, of course. On United on a United Airlines uh, 757. Glad your guys are back. Again, thank you. I mean, it seemed that the trend, I said it in the previous episode, that everybody hasn't taken the flight for 18 months and suddenly travel again, which is a good sign. I haven't done it so yet, good, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good sign. I, I, I like that. It is a good sign. And we got finally an extremely touching message. I'm not going to read it out because it's very personal. Uh, I already shared it with Alex by Arlie. Early Wheeler, uh, was it? I think it's on Instagram or is it on Twitter? Twitter now I don't remember. ACW. 3RD, so is that awkward? Probably, is that what you're going for, Arlie? Uh, so I, I, I don't want to share, share, share it, but he's been working on the front line of the health crisis. Uh, he's, and we are the guys, so he's, he's thanking us a lot for uh, being companions throughout this um, very difficult time for him as being one of the frontline workers in healthcare. Uh, we want to say um, that we are the one admiring you because you are the person who is, and all your colleagues that have been on the front lines and, and truly uh, making our lives possible. So we thank you. We're the ones eternally grateful for your contribution to all this. I'm really happy. We are really happy that you got an early, both your jabs, he's, he's telling us, so life is oh, returning great. to normal for him. And he, he got his first drink outside. So I hope you enjoyed that drink. And we hope to meet you somewhere, someone, sometime for one of these drinks as well. So Godspeed. Thank you, Arlie, for that really touching message you sent yeah, us. Yeah, and like, like you said, you shared it with me. And uh, I, I, it was really sweet yeah it was really full of heart so thank you so much thank you so much but you guys yeah, you know that usually by default i assume that something that you send us is publicly announceable uh but yeah. some of these you know because uh they are very personal i rather not but thank you arlie uh and finally rd to anywhere on twitter a very long time listener uh, yeah. Listening to Alex describe his diversion day, which was in the previous <laughs> episode, and realizing I'm 99% sure I was working on a flight into Texas that same day, 16 hours. Oh, no way! <laughs> 16 hours at work and getting to my hotel at 4 a.m. So yeah, you 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 might have crisscrossed oh, well, a path. Yeah, and 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 he was doing the hard part. I was just sitting there, <laughs> just stressing exactly. out that I was gonna. Yeah, but he was he was doing. That. <laughs> The actual work, so I have no right to complain. And also, RD to anywhere. I don't know your name. I think you only called RD, so I'm going to call you RD to anywhere. Or um, uh, he, he's asked me to do an episode where I would go back to my predictions of what was it, 105? I mean, the, the episode when I spoke for two hours alone and see if I was right. I think I was mostly right. I might do one, but I hesitate because simply also Alex was not there. So I don't, don't want to talk about me. But we'll, at some point, maybe we'll do a recap. What we thought yeah. what would happen. Oh, I definitely think you should do that. Yeah, but that with you, cool. I don't want to do it alone. I mean, I mean, now that I have we you can make, back. We can make it like some kind of game show with prizes <laughs> and then... Yeah, we probably phone we'll probably do another episode with some of our listeners at some point, and maybe yeah. we could um, intertwine that in there. Uh, one realization: uh, the logo again. I'm coming back to that logo. Oh snap! Um, 
I started watching this uh, new TV show. I don't know if it's that new, but for a few months called The Flight Attendant. I don't know if you've heard about it. Oh, I've seen that advertised. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, and then I, I just realized that our logo is very similar to that one, and I had no idea that I was doing something so similar. So, <laughs> my God. Oh, I didn't notice uh, that. Anyway, yeah, it's oh. not a big deal. The, the fun bit, so I haven't seen the entire show yet. I haven't seen a few episodes. So, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's supposed to be, she's supposed to be a first-class attendant in an airline. The, of course, the airline is uh, made up. What I like is that the first class is clearly, and it's unmistakable, it's a BA business class, The you know, the, the, the old one, if you want, or still current one, the weird, you're looking at your neighbor kind of seats. And I'm like, this is not really a first-class seat guy. You could have gotten better. But I, I thought, you know what? Because I started Googling it, I thought, I'm like, guys, did they get one of these parked airplanes? Because, of course, you know, BA did uh, park and store aircrafts and ditch some. So maybe they actually used that. No, it was actually recorded in um, a set. Uh, and it that was built in New York. So it's a, it's a soundstage. So they probably bought, I guess, some BA business seats from uh, aircraft that was discarded and they made it as a yeah. stage. So... We, Alex, we have our next um, next studio set. We need to go there to record layovers now. <laughs> there's a there's a couple of companies, but there's one that's sort of semi open to the public in LA for for filming, and they have a whole cabin with first in economy and all the lighting rigs on the outside and everything like that. Uh, no way. I I'd love to have it for an hour just to go play with it. You know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So since we're talking about New York, the US, let's front with it. How was that trip with your mother? Did you feel like a teenager again uh, or, or a kid perhaps again, Alex? How was it? Oh, yeah. And my mom and I were talking that I hadn't uh, I hadn't flown with her since I was probably uh, certainly alone with her since I was like 15 or 16. But even just with her and maybe my father or, or brothers since I was about 21. And yeah, and I, you know, I, I went with her because she was a little anxious. She's, she's a seasoned traveler and has been her whole life, but she hadn't flown in a long time like the rest of us and was just anxious about the protocols and the paperwork and, you know, all of that stuff. So I said, she asked me if I would go with her and I said, you know, of course. And I'm very, very glad I did because oh. as I've mentioned in the past couple of episodes, Every time I travel, and just in between the U.S. and the U.K., some piece of, of the process changes significantly. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, and probably a lot of people listening to this, we have enough sort of uh, of our ears to the ground of the, the industry that we hear people talking about these little changes, and we keep it True. on, you know, we, we know what... But the, I, I can't imagine that people are enjoying this process at all, so... Even being able to go into the first wing at, at Terminal 5, the lady that was helping us, mm -hmm. it was her first day back from furlough in a year. Oh, wow. And she got confused about the paperwork and the Verifly app, which I've spoken about, and one, you know, offsetting the other. And I was like, no, you have to, you have to click the thing that, that no, not that one, that one. <laughs> And then she had to call up to her supervisor and say, oh, wow. 
you know, what am I supposed to do here? And my mom was getting anxious. Yeah. I mean, you know, just uh, what what's going to happen? I thought this was all fine. And eventually it was all cleared up. But it was stressful. It took about five or six times longer than it should have, even though you know the, my Verifly app worked. Hers didn't. Like, it took forever to review the COVID results. It never actually worked. They don't have the Department of State, I think it is, piece of paper where you sign saying, I promise, you know, pinky swear I don't have COVID at the check-in desks. Really complicated. Yeah, I, know, I so, realize not as before where you just basically show up with your boarding you pass. You show up yeah, yeah. and it's completely different. They ask a lot of questions that anyway, I managed to get her into the lounge where she drank copious amounts of champagne. Good. Yeah. Because they're doing champagne now because yeah. it's post May 17th. Yes. I'm jealous. So Does it, it doesn't taste the same in a lounge or in the air that it does at, tastes at home. It, it's not- I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because you've earned that. Right. <laughs> You know, when you've gone through all of the rigmarole of, of the COVID. But when she was sitting there, I snuck over to the customer service desk and I asked about paid upgrades. And I bought her an, a business class upgrade because I wanted her nice. to be comfortable. That's and my mom does so much for me, especially over the last 18 months. And I told her and she was absolutely furious. What? Just enraged that I would do something... <laughs> You know, so capricious, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was worth it. And, Good. you know, she, she enjoyed it. And we, we, I, she really enjoyed walking underneath the, the terminals. We were out in the sea gates and she was oh, wow. well up for it. She's a big walker. Good. And, um, the flight was busier than I've seen them in, in a while mm-hmm. out to San Francisco, but at the gate, the BA are still and admirably so very strict about boarding from the rear of the airplane yeah. forward. If you try, they kick you out of the queue. There's none of this like, oh, well, you're not, you're, you're in with all the gold or whatever. No gold, no nothing. It's fine. So I was still, I was in economy, so I boarded quite a long time before her. Mm-hmm. And I got on the plane and I, I the flight attendant looks at me and I look at him and we do the Spider-Man meme where we just look at each other and point and go, oh my God, it's you. And it was this guy that I have had maybe on three of my last five flights. Nice. And he's like, what are you, you're back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Which kudos to, to the guy because they must see all these people like yeah. just being recognizing me with my mask on and all that. And he's like, where are you sitting? And I, I said, I'm in 33. And I said, but look, my mom's in 13. Yeah. Whatever she was, Jay. She hasn't flown in a long time. Can you just make check in on her every now and then? He's like, absolutely no problem. We'll take care of her, I promise. Amazing. So we're sitting there and this guy brings me back the the bedding from first class because I had a row of the three. Nice. Um, which was great because I was looking forward to sleeping a little bit because yeah. it's a long, boring flight. Yeah, the um <laughs> the the lady, French lady actually, who was running the economy cabin brought me champagne from first class. That's nice. And the, this this chap who I saw, he's like, "Hey, I, I made the the case to get you upgraded to be with your mum, but the boss said no." And he was like, he was like, sort of a little upset. He's like, "I'm really, I tried." I'm like, "You guys never do that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. Exactly. I've got three. You've, you're looking after me. I've got the bedding. I'm going to sleep. You know, I, I, I'm I'm fine. Just just take care do me a favor and take yeah. care of her." Yeah, and then nice. about forty-five minutes after takeoff, got myself all set up, you know, got my iPad and my first-class champagne. The the cabin service manager, I think that's what they call themselves now, 
comes back and he's like, oh, we're, don't worry, we're looking after your mom and it's really nice what you, you did for her. And then he pauses and looks at me and says, you should probably go and join her. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's nice. This, ah, amazing. I love it. So, yeah. And it was just that way of doing it, you know. So they, they they took me up there and and got me all set up and fed me, and they doted on my mother the whole flight. You know, they called her the the. She's like, oh, I would just get, I'm just checking in on our royalty over here, and they just they were so kind and so. When BA are are on, they are truly world class, yeah, and true. that's what this. We've was. always said that this is not the pandemic. Yeah. Always said that they can have gaps at times when when they're good, they're freaking good. They, it was just this, 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 I mean, the, the food was, was, hasn't changed much. The IFE is still pretty pared down. As I've said in the past, it was the, the old herring. It was, a, it was a seven, eight, seven, nine. So it was the old, um, what do they even call those? The, the inverted club world. Yeah. yeah the one seats. we, the one I just mentioned, the one we see each other. Yeah. Know, like I mean, not the sweets. Yeah. Um, but just the human touch. The amount of people that came to check on us, nothing was too much. I, I was just so impressed cool. uh, with them. And it just made my mom relax and she was able to get some rest. But, of course, having said to her, it's so easy at San Francisco. You get off the plane. And I mentioned this on the last episode. There's not a soul anywhere until you get to immigration. Mm. Not this time. Oh, The whole jet bridge lined with CDC representatives and full PCP oh, wow. checking your paperwork. They looked at me and said, are you traveling alone? And I said, no, I'm with my mother. And they're like, okay, carry on. Uh, and my mom's like, well, why didn't they want to see our paperwork? And and then immig immigration was easy. But it just kind of reinforces my, my point and my worry that what happened last month isn't necessarily what's going to happen this month. And I think I'm going to be saying that at lot. least through the rest of the year. Yeah, a lot. I think these, 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 this situation is very dynamic. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about it later. And also they are, uh, I mean, fair enough, they are also uh, fine-tuning all those uh, procedures uh, with, uh, you know, Verify and other apps are coming into line and finding what's the best way and also having to cope with an increasing number of passengers. It's not the same when you do, when you have a flight, you mentioned yourself, there were flights when they were maybe at 20 people or 10 people. It's not the same yeah. as suddenly you have suddenly 100 and then 150 and then some point 300. Then you maybe have yeah. to adapt the way you, you do that. And it's going to be a struggle for some airports some border authorities to to have yeah. to find the right i mean at some point again because of the vaccine we could get out of here but this transition period i think you'll see a lot of different varied procedures being tested trialed mistakes happen yeah that's for sure that's i definitely and I, I think also um rustiness in service like the flight back i bought an upgrade because they're still reasonably good value for money still with ba then still with ba uh, I wanted to sleep. Uh, and I did that because economy was, there was no free rows. Okay. So there was always somebody window and aisle. Yeah. And just as an aside, the BA SFO check-in agents who are also the gate agents, they do double duty, are always so good and Great. so friendly. The flight was busy and it was starting to bring out the worst in people. <laughs> Uh, you know, I saw a fight, a physical what? fight. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, at check-in, a lot of. I think the lady even said, "Don't you know who I am?" Oh, uh. Uh, 
and I just, I was standing next to a lady waiting to talk to the, and I just said, I just kind of hoped that after all this, we wouldn't be such jerks. Well, apparently human nature reverts back to its uh, worst very easily. There's been a lot of, uh, I was not planning to mention that in this episode, but there's been a lot of um, stats about uh, disruptions and yeah. between people not wanting to wear masks, people wanting to be freaking completely wasted uh, in flights. And that's not only in the US, by the way, they happen all around. And I, I mean, there's the anxiety, which is understandable, but that shouldn't lead yes. to uh, physical fights, insults, uh, and etc. And uh, I mean, the US is taking a pretty harsh stance. You, you ban from flying airlines ever again. I mean, they don't share between airlines, but you're blacklisted. You have very high fines now by the uh, if you don't respect, I mean, which is fair enough, but it's sad that we have to get there. <laughs> I think it's maybe we even mentioned this last episode, but Southwest for sure, and maybe American have delayed the reintroduction of alcohol sales yeah, on their they, flights. Yeah, they banned alcohol for a while. They, they haven't said when they're going to bring back because they have had way too many of their crew, of their staff, of their flight attendants being um, assaulted. Uh, yeah. There was this, and I think, was it Southwest, actually, when there was this video running around, I tried to avoid it, but I ended up yeah. seeing it with the, the, the poor flight attendant was hit in the face by s- a moron. <laughs> and you're like... Yeah. You know, it's one thing to complain or to have anxiety and I, you know, and sometimes service is not good. And I'm here not talking about that Southwest example. And by the way, happy birthday to Southwest. I think they're turning 50. Um, but oh. yeah, I think so. Uh, but uh, yeah, but that kind of behavior, there were these behaviors existed before because we talked about them over and over. But it seems, I don't know, it's because we have a loop and there's more happening because less passengers or people. Is, I don't know, but it feels that there's a lot of tension. Uh, yeah. More stories coming from the U.S. To be fair, because simply I think also because way more people are traveling uh, in the U.S. Uh, because there's yeah. a domestic market as already to anywhere. I was I think I said that maybe I didn't say maybe it was one of my webinars that it's obvious that uh, countries that have domestic markets will be the first ones to because there's not going to be a lot of restrictions yeah. between you know inside of a country right. Yeah. Europe of course is different for for that reason. So yeah, it's a bit it's a it's a bit. It's a bit sad, but anyway. So was your was your flight back good? However, yeah, it was. It, so the business class cabin was completely full. Wow, um, and you could tell that the that the crew hadn't had that experience in a long time because the service was ropey, okay, and slow, and uh, and sort of harry. I mean, they were nice enough, and I I slept like a log. Good, but you could see, yeah. There's going to be this this period where we they get back to, used to, yeah, to, to, to having full, full service cabin. with a lot of full cabin. Yeah. A lot of people I mean, are, are are. I mean, we're going to talk again a bit about this later when we talk about the UK situation. But it's true that the UK doesn't preclude Americans from entering. The other way around yes. is still the case, uh, which is why the business class cabin on the way over was. Uh, very empty. Exactly. I think that that uh, that matters a lot in the uh, the load factors on which way there's lots of calls for both being open. Of course, there's a variant. Again, we're going to talk maybe about that later. But it's true that probably for you, you always see a difference. In well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sent you this message. Uh, I think as it was happening, but this is the sort of the punchline to this rather long story is that when I got to Heathrow. And I looked at the line for immigration. I was like, oof, this is the longest I've seen it since I've been back. Mm-hmm. But I was through in 
10 minutes. Good. Now, T5 then, Mark. At T5, well, because yeah, he told me. they weren't checking documents. Yeah, I mean, the, Not once. Not is, anyone. Is, is, no passenger locator form. No COVID test result. I know. No confirmation of day two and day eight booking. Just, Not I, once. I, I, Straight to the E-gates. You know, I mean, you can... De- <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I just... It's uh, we can debate what is a good procedure, but ha- saying you have one and then not doing it is just silly. Yeah. I, uh, Someone had obviously made the call. They'd yeah, of seen course, this, right. this and said, just let them through, boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- well, good for you. Look, that's all I say. Good. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, like, good for you. Well, exactly this, good but... for you. But I'm happy that you did your this, 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 uh, f- this uh, flight with your mom. I think my... Not I think I know. The last I was also doing that. I've 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 upgraded my dad quite a few times. It was like, come on, you never experienced that much business class. He needs to experience that. I mean, yeah. and he's old and whatever. And I remember uh, flying once with him as well. It was one of the last flights before he passed away, and uh, I was the dad and he was the kid. Uh, oh, that's nice. You know what I mean? Like because a bit like what you said, you know. At least in the air, in the airports, you weigh around how it works. You're kind of used to this, where you're maybe here. Your mother or my my father wasn't, and for so that was kind of kind of kind of nice. It's so it's a bit of the yeah. always a reversal. It's very sweet. It's very. It's sweet. a nice thing to finally be able to do yeah. to for your parents, yeah. you know, right? Um, yeah, I have to share this with you, both you, Paul, and everybody listening. I have, above me, I have a huge skylight. Yeah, <laughs> and right now. I can see two beautiful uh, contrails oh, nice. flying over me, and I have my little ADS b- b- uh, receiver, yeah. and it's uh, it's what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, it's uh, an American Airlines going from Athens nice. to Chicago. That's nice. a, dr- a Dreamliner, and a uh, Aer Lingus A319 going from Paris to Dublin. And I love that I can do that. Yeah, I, I need, I need <laughs> to buy one. Talking of these, to me, I need to buy one of these antennas. So I switched. Uh, I mean, of course, people have no context. I used to have a skylight. I'm in the same attic, so I'm in the other room. So I don't have because it was getting too hot. So I switched to yeah, the other that room. That is the thing right now <laughs> because it's really hot. Actually, uh, that's why we, it's nice to record in the morning because in the afternoons I feel like I'm in Dubai here. Uh, the yeah. uh, but I don't have the skylight, so I don't see uh, these contrails because I could also see them, especially some. I don't. I really have a view of the landings on uh, over Heathrow here because also they're only using the well, the north runway for landings, which is further up from where i live but i have sometimes departures and i can see still i'm like oh this is a 321 <laughs> or nice oh, this is a 747 these are very rare i, I see oh, that I very know. very very few i don't have any antenna i just check on plane finder or or um flight radar 24 but yeah it's nice nature is healing man nature is healing exactly <laughs> the birds are back in the sky so uh, one thing that you'll maybe not maybe you will soon see on your adb and on your dashboard i'm always curious about how the dashboard looks for someone who has the antenna it must be different um JetBlue, as we talked about it but has finally confirmed it's launching flights from new york to gfk to ethrow uh new york gfk to ethrow it's it will start on the 11th of august and then they will follow up with flights from JFK to Gatwick on the 29th of September. So uh, there's more to see on the ADB, but that's also nice to have them finally coming here. Um, I, I think, can't wait. I think Boston will also be next. They haven't announced a date yes. yet, but it's probable. Um, so that's that's cool. I'm, I'm sure you're gonna try this. And I really, I've never set foot in a JetBlue aircraft ever. 
I really want to try that mint and and the new one. You know, the really fancy. The new one, one looks even better. I mean, the designer did, as always, a phenomenal review of it, um, which is worth checking out. Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm a big fan of JetBlue and a, an even bigger fan of that mint product. So. And they're very competitively priced, yes. aren't they, as well? Yes, yeah. Uh, as as one would be when you're introducing something as as revolutionary for yourself as this. Yeah. So jump on that. And and I've read somewhere that JetBlue will do co-chair miles with AA, which yeah, I don't know in sense. which direction it will work, and I don't know how it, that will interplay with BA, because you and me have lots of miles of BA. I don't know if you now have miles on AA, but that could be also interesting to try to get stuff. I don't know. Let's see when they come, how that plays out, if there's possibility to you know, use some miles or at least accrue miles on good programs. We'll, we'll see how that that happens. But I'm very much looking forward to it, although I don't think I'm going to fly to the U.S. this year for <laughs> it's going to be 2022. Uh, maybe Biden will announce, you know, these coming to the U.K., what, next week? No, this week. When is it? What? Well, they just did a – the U.S. just relaxed travel policy for 60 countries – yeah, but we're not one of but them. But not us. No, because everybody. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that slightly later on, guys. But uh, we're paying a lot of stuff. But not only negative, by the way. But yeah, it's true that we're still a bit stuck. Um, it's a bit, still a bit more complicated. It's going to last a few months. And it's going to be all right. But yeah, I'm <laughs> not flying to the US this year, I think. Plus, you know, I've uh, my business partners in the US, we do everything on Zoom. Which, yeah. God, can we not do Zoom? Uh <laughs> So, uh, since we're at, uh, at Heathrow, and you were, um, and you mentioned actually your your arrival, first of all, I I want to stress because I don't think I've said it enough in the last episode because I was a bit gobsmacked with what you described. You know, the clearly racist arrive, you know, oh, yes. treatment of some of the arrivals, and uh, it's it's affected me. I thought about it a lot. I didn't realize, you know, after you said it and after reading the episode, because you know I'm from a family of refugees. I mean, not my parents, but my grandparents on both sides. And uh, my father was spat on when he moved to Switzerland in the fifties because you know people oh. were very still you know unknown uh, foreigners, whatever. So I I cannot claim to understand what people are going through when in your example, but that still for fuck's sake, it still maddens me. So yeah, I hope that. It uh, doesn't happen more. Uh, yeah, so they, you said lots of people at Heathrow. Have you seen that they are uh, finally, because it was talking a lot, they are finally putting a dedicated uh, terminal for red list arrivals, uh, <laughs> yes. which is a mess to wait because... When you when you just say that you're like okay that's why not not mixing people so red list arrivals guys are people coming that need to quarantine in a mandated hotel by the government because they're coming from a place that has either variants or something whatever they're dangerous oh wow and uh, it was supposed to be T four but they decided to do T three which I thought they were opening for the general public soon but apparently T three since then I learn <laughs> I don't it's crazy. So they open it for a red list at T3. They're going to move to T4 in about four weeks, a month. But if you arrive, that's a crazy thing. If you arrive from a red list country at T5, you're being put in a bus that then goes to T3, but you're still waiting for the others at T5. I mean, it makes no sense. What the hell is the point of that? I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. I assumed, and I think everybody probably did, that the plane would just... Yeah, go to T three, but I guess that thing's been mothballed for so long now that 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just ma- it just seems that the implementation of uh, what is not a bad idea not to have everybody mix, we can discuss no, about agreed. the red list or not, is a bit all over the place. Uh, so one more for the mess at arrivals in the UK, which is a lot due to either, I don't know, understaffing or not wanting or too costly. I don't know. But anyway, it's just, it's not easy. They don't want, they really don't want to make travel easy for for a lot of people, I think. And and, and something I also learned, uh, you haven't gone through and thank God through these uh, just uh, hotel quarantine that I just mentioned. Uh, it's it's actually 11 days. It's 10 days, but you need to spend 10 nights. So you leave on the 11th day. But, and that's what I didn't know, and I realized that the other day. Let's say you, Alex, come from a red list country, could be Dubai now, um, you land at six, you clear customs at nine because you need to freaking go to the queue, maybe go to that bus, etc. You wait for the bus that then drives you to the hotel, and apparently the wait times are pretty long uh, because there's not enough buses. If you're checking after midnight, that's where the clock starts. So you're losing one day because you need the clock of your 10 day quarantine so 10 nights in a hotel starts when you check in so if you arrive too late and you're checking on the following day you have one day basically added which is unfair i think but apparently that's rule. <laughs> that's <laughs> insane yeah right <laughs> i i i i can't imagine having to do that no i mean no no i mean honestly You'd have to pay me a lot of money to go for us, it's valid, to go to a conference to say, hey, Paul, can you speak? And Alex, can you speak? And then I have to spend 10 nights in a hotel, which apparently the pictures that are uh, are not all great. Some of them are disgusting. They're not, uh, as in, not the hotels, but I think they're staffed by, not the hotel staff, but by these third parties that run the hotel quarantine system. So they like they leave the trash in front of your door for two days. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I think that some pictures are there, but meaning I you would really have to pay me a lot of money to say, Paul, you're going to be stuck in a room with 15, 15 minutes by day you can go out. 15. Yeah. I No. I would just lose my no. mind. I would lose my mind. Yeah. I mean... This is why if I'm not anybody going to listening has done it, I'd love to hear. Yeah, I mean, Singapore does that. Of course, Australia does 21 that. 21 days in Singapore. Yeah, 20, exactly. So, Forget it. No, 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 no. I mean, and I, I, I understand why they do it, but I'm not going to go, go through this. No, no way. No. I'd rather not travel. I'm going to stay home, right? I mean... <laughs> At least in Taiwan, and that's one of the, the interviews that I had done last year and I haven't released, guys. That was Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Um, she was explaining to me that in Taiwan, of course, it's very hard if you're a foreigner. She's Taiwanese. She, she lives in the, um, the West Coast, uh, San Francisco, and has, of course, a Taiwanese passport. She, You can choose a hotel, at least. you have like It's almost like you're booking a hotel the same way you would book when you visit. So you can go for a five-star or you go to a two-star, depending on your means, of course, but also depending on what kind of experience you want to be in for 14 days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, I com- com- still on throw. I read something that BA is going to be the first airline in Europe to, to test that new, it's called Qmatic, which is a, basically a digital queuing technology, which could help solve the surge of numbers of passengers and having to check all these forms on the way out, as in you would pre-book um, your place in the queue when you arrive at Heathrow. So you know that, I don't know, if you have a flight at 8 p.m., 
you know that uh, your place in the queue is at 5.15, so no need to arrive earlier than this. Uh, you just go and you're directly in a queue uh, numbered. So you, they try to limit, you know, having massive queues. It's it's not a bad idea. And that's going to be trial at Terminal 5. Um, you, you will be able to pre-book this when you get, I think, your checking from BA. Or something. That's what I read or something. It's not a bad idea. What do you think? No, I, I, was, I was just going to say, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I think people are... Well, I was going to say I think people are uh, a little wary of queues just being next to people. But if immigration at Heathrow has anything to go by, they sort of don't care. It's a necessary evil. Yeah, but for me, it's more uh, I would like, I would welcome something like that more for the comfort. Because right now, for me, you said we're used to this. But now you are, in a way, used to travel through a pandemic, which I'm not because I haven't traveled. And I don't know. Honestly, I would have called you i mean not called no who calls you people i would have messaged you and asked you how long before my flight do you think i should be in an airport we were always early arrivers at the airport but i have no concept of how long all this takes now that it's not just not showing up and going to a fast track right so having a queue at least tells me oh paul you're going to be at 4 p.m that's your slot you know then I know that I need to arrive then and I don't have to overthink or over-worry about when is my... And for people that are not used to flying, I think it could be a very welcome and easy way to know when to arrive at the airport and at the same time for the airport not to have to deal with mass crowds uh, and then being criticized on social media, for instance. I don't know. I make <laughs> Not a bad idea, I think. Yeah, and I think it would be... In, like I'm sure that they would they would segment it so you have a desk or two for people that have booked using this app uh, at their yeah. appointment. And then for everybody else that just does it the normal way. So, uh, you know, even, even doing that, you're separating out the crowds, yeah. which, which isn't a bad idea. I think uh, Seattle, uh, what's the name? SeaTac, uh, they have that for TSA. You can pre-book uh, guys. If you, if you fly at, at, at SeaTac, uh, I think that you can do that to pre-book your, Again, you're queuing for TSA. Um, it's not not a, I think not a bad idea. I think um, overall. And um, the bad news about Heathrow is that what we were talking pre-pandemic. You remember Amsterdam has that these new scanners when you pass security that allow you to not put out your liquids and laptops and other stuff. Well, Ether just said that they're not going to buy them because they're not happy about the fact that they're what? not receiving enough money and they want to raise oh. the fees. And uh, they're like, you know what? F you. We're not buying them. You still have to use the old cues and put your stuff out. I think it's a bit I of a power play. I thought that you were going to say they weren't happy with the results and this was a security decision, but they're just complaining about money. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's complaining about <laughs> money. And for you, Alex, uh, I hope you get to try this. BA has also announced that on top of uh, very fly, is that the one you've been using? Yeah. They're going to start trialing on dedicated route, including to the US, the other one, which is the IATA travel pass, which is probably going to be the standard. We don't know yet, which is very similar. Um, but I haven't tried it, obviously. So I know that Singapore Airlines and like I think 20, 25 airlines are already either trialing or uh, I've decided on the standards. So BA is going to trial that as well. I hope you get to try it to see if there's a difference or not with Verify. Um, I would really love, and we said both, to have one started and not having 25 apps, depending on which airline you're flying. <laughs> yeah, the, it's it's definitely going in that direction where there's this real... 
universe. So what about in that position? What do you think about this whole situation with Amber in the UK with our lists? I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to be the person that has to to figure this out and then justify true. it. Um, I, I, everyone, you know, it was upset about Portugal being on the green list and then three weeks later coming off of it. But I think the people that were most upset about that were the people that were in Portugal yeah. and had to cut short there. And you can, you know, from a personal inconvenience perspective, of course, of course you can, you can empathize, yeah, of course. but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything that we can do about it at this point. They're going on the data that, that, that they have available. We, we see these variants and, you know, how you interpret that data seems to change from government officials to government officials. That's not a criticism. It's just I know data can be, t can tell stories, you yeah. know, how, however you really want it to. But yeah, it's, um, I, I think the, 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 the foundational mistake is that they didn't really make it clear what it meant as, the, as in at first you said, okay, Amber means, I mean, you know, the, 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 the consequences. If you fly from an Amber country, you need to self-isolate at home for 10 days. And trust me, I have a few friends who did that. They've been called every single day. They had two to three people showing up at their door. So I don't know if they can really do that for everybody because that maybe doesn't scale, but they are actually trying, unlike last year when they said, oh, and basically no one was checking. If you fly yeah. from a red list, we said it's, 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 um, it's the hotel quarantine. And of course, green means no quarantine. And, the thing that they didn't make clear is that people assume that, okay, well, if I want to go to a, like Spain, it's, um, they don't accept Britain's British for, for the moment, but if I want to go to Spain, I know that the price to pay is that I have to self quarantine on the way back, which could be acceptable for some people. The thing that came out a bit later is that suddenly they started to say, yeah, but no, we do not want you to travel to Amber list countries. So people were like, okay, so, Basically, you don't want us to travel, and you should have said that. And it, that was a lack of. I don't know if they changed their minds at the government. But it was. It's not clear. I think the 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 absence of clarity, which to some extent, and what you just said is right, is understandable because you were living this live, and we have to kind of cope with what the data tells us. Made a lot of people uh, a lot of people angry, right? And it, yeah, it, and I th I think it's it's that indecision that people yeah. have been upset about uh, you know you may 17th you no longer after may 17th you no longer needed to provide a reason a legitimate reason for travel and people took that to yeah, you know exactly. if i'm okay with isolating for 10 days or five if you do test to release yeah i'm fine. okay yeah i'm okay with that that's my problem but then they came out and said you really shouldn't be traveling to the to places on on amber yeah. which at least thematically is a contradiction yeah that that's the thing it, it's it felt to me that i'm going to call it boris is holding a door open whilst telling you not to go through at the yeah. beginning it was a bit like that like oh here's amber but don't, don't no, go that's, there that's, that's like so here i'm not it's easy to criticize we're just armchair analyzing here we don't have to deal with all the <laughs> all these decisions but it's true that some clarity and, and other governments have, have had that as well is, is a bit necessary the, the fact that the uk is outside of eu though it makes a problem because the eu hasn't actually opened the borders to outsiders is starting now with the us if you double jabbed but the uk there's been lots of stories of people trying to go to Spain, trying to go to other countries. Uh, oh, let's not forget 
I should maybe clarify that in the EU, there's not a law, it's recommendations and each country, each EU member country can decide to follow it or not. But most have followed, which means that third countries, which we're part of now that we're not in the EU, we're not supposed to go. And uh, unless you're a resident or you, of course, if you have the passport or EU passport, and a lot of people have been refused uh, uh, checking uh, in the UK to leave to any place because the EU hasn't opened the, the, its external borders. So that that adds to the confusion people don't understand. And, but fair enough, at the, at, the end, at the end of the day, it's always a tango. It's easy to say, yeah, well, the, U, the UK has decided it's a green country. Yeah, but the other country can say, yeah, but no, we don't want you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, anyway, it's yeah. Yeah. the whole thing again. Like I, I, you can see, no one has nailed this. Not not a no. single country nope. has has nailed it. And you can criticize every nation's approach to it. You could say Australia True. is being, you know, unnecessarily uh, isolationist, uh, and you know some of these other countries are being, you know, a little bit too permissive. You know, so I. I I think overall, I th- my, 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 my feeling is that overall in 2020, in the first part of this, uh, East Asia, Oceania, APAC basically was correct. Yes. The problem is they missed the second bit, which is like now really do vaccine. Because vaccine, if yeah. you don't do the second step, then you'll be out of sync as well. So it's really hard because nobody seems to have figured this out. And it's hard. I mean, again, it's easy to be here and sat in our both of our attics and just saying, oh, this is how it should be, right? So yeah. It's going the right direction. I really, truly think that. We are going to go through this and it's going to be better. And But it's still a few months of uncertainty and tension and, uh, and complaining as well from some people. I get it. And the industries, some of the people are on their so I also understand why they're very vocal against those decisions of Amber, etc. Because they're like, we're running out of money. <laughs> yeah, we need to have people in our planes, otherwise we'll have an issue, right? So it's uh, I, I I do understand. The other thing that I've read as well, I did you so did you continue using the same provider for the tests that you were using? Yes. Are they so? Did they get more delays suddenly, or is it still very good? Um, well, it's very interesting that you should ask because I, two minutes before we started recording, I just finished jamming the stupid thing up my nose while some lady and wherever she was watched me do it. Uh, I, for For the the flight this weekend. Yeah. I don't have COVID. So I can't really see that, but I don't. It's almost like it's censoring it when I, the reflection, um, I got my result. So you wait 15 minutes, you email them. I got the results um, within minutes. Okay. But I am hearing more and more people having, you know, waiting longer. And I've had times where it's taken six or seven hours, if not longer. Yeah, because there's a lot. So the UK, again, guys, is for context, because we're very UK-centric right now, the discussion, sorry for that, because we live here. Uh, the the UK is has an pro, um, official list of providers, private providers, where you can do these tests uh, inbound. So when you come back to the UK, for instance, uh, you have to do these, we said, day two, day eight, and day five, optionally. And they have, of course, an officially recognized list. And 
the issue is that with numbers of people rising, it's already at the brink, uh, as in labs cannot follow the numbers, and we're still a very, very low number. So a lot of people are saying at some point it will break, because if you need to wait for too long to get the result, then you cannot board, or you can et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and that creates a lot of consequences, which is, uh, I don't know, I just read a lot of, like you, like you just mentioned, I read a lot of stories of people um, saying that you need to be very careful about uh, getting the the, the um, choosing rightly which lab to go with and apparently i mean go trust pilot and all these things because some yeah. of them are very slow whilst others apparently the one you're using are are okay and you can actually do it all normal yeah i i it's interesting because i saw a flyer talk thread on the baa uh sub forum about this particular company which is cured with a q cured yeah um and generally people were positive about their experience very positive actually but there was i think one or maybe two people that said i never got my result which makes me wonder if there was a human error i i did have to wait about nine minutes past my scheduled appointment time for the person to actually pop up that was rare i mean it's okay. usually been two or three minutes before so okay. there and the lady did say we're, we're seeing so much more volume lately and they ran out of tests, but it's only thirty nine pounds per per kit, you know. Yeah, it's not. Uh, that's a good price. I know the only country that beats not the only. Um, it's you know prices are super different depending on the, the country you're in. I think in Japan they're like three fifteen, crazy amounts yeah. of pricing, and, and they're not and, doing anything like we're doing here in the NHS, where you can just right. nip into your own chemist right. and they'll give you a pack of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I ordered tests, some actually. You know? I got, I got some, you know, to try. What the hell is all these tests? And uh, because I don't yeah. fly, the um, the France is actually providing all the PCR for free. They're subsidizing every single test for free, uh, which is cool. But it, I mean, of course, you end up paying that with your taxes. But um, obviously, a lot of people in the industry are calling for the UK to do that. I don't believe it will happen. I just hope that the price over time, because there's more people, there's more competition. So if tests are going for a little while, I don't think they could be forever, but that the prices go down. And we already saw that. I think the prices are going down already. There are some of them are still very expensive. I mean, expensive in a way that if you if you book a flight with Ryanair for 20 euros, 20 pounds, whatever, and, and, and you multiply that by, by four with a family of four, and then you have to do day eight, day uh, two, mm -hmm. day five, two PCRs, etc. That certainly goes very, very quickly, much higher. And uh, so low cost travel is not really low cost anymore, right? No, no. And that's, you know, my going into the US, any child over two needs to have a negative. What? Yeah. So it's wow. 11 coming back. So when I take my kids in a month, to California for the summer, I yeah I have to do. My, I've given my daughter tests before because uh, of going back to school. Cool, yeah. And my 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 boys are old enough to understand it, but it's not you know have, they're gonna have to watch me like torture my children live on on a webcam. <laughs> I to want, do this. I want the footage. I want the footage. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, they that so that's what you know math. It's two hundred quid. Wow! No, it's not. Whatever, whatever. Thirty-nine times four is. You know. uh, yeah, uh, I'm not a, a human calculator. <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's why I went not into a marketing. Small amount of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Numbers no, are hard. No, 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 it's absolutely not. Anyway, well, yeah. Um, it's uh, but at least some people are flying in Europe, but it's still very, very low. Though uh, I loved one when, when you since you just mentioned Portugal that opened and then reclosed. Uh, <laughs> 
there was a journalist from LBC, that's a big radio station here in the UK, that took the flight and was kind of live tweeting the flight. And oh, I when missed they, this. When they were about to depart, the actual announcement on the PA was, this, this isn't a kindergarten, this is a two-hour flight. If you can't wear your masks, you will be starting your holiday in Portugal in a police station. <laughs> I, apparently, some people were like, yeah, freedom, we go to holidays, and they were already kind of... Uh, Ruining it for everybody else. Ah, did you see? Um, and then I'm going to start, maybe stop talking about you. Did you see? I hope you didn't because the the Dominique Cummings, the special consigliere for the government who got fired, spilled all the beans of what happened in 2020 yes. on the pandemic. Uh, I mean, you can, you can believe him or not, but one thing he said, uh, he called the UK bordering, border system a joke because fundamentally there was no proper border policy because the prime minister never wanted a proper border policy. And I actually tend to believe yeah. him on that. Yeah, it was almost sort of... Let's pretend we do something, but we don't, because they yeah, never actually of, wanted to do anything. You have this permeable <laughs> border through obfuscation and distraction and yeah. traffic light systems and policies and no policies. Apologies to your brother. I think your brother, and maybe you are too. You, I think your brother, pretty sure, is a Fulham fan for football. Yes, all three of us are. I'm Chelsea, so I'm very happy because they won the Champions League, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I am too. They've got a Amer couple Americans. <laughs> and American, uh, what was funny is that so that, that happened in Portugal, and uh, I read that it was supposed to happen in London because there's two UK teams. Uh, the only reason the UEFA, which is the body uh, for football in Europe, refused to do it in in the uk is that the uk said yeah we can do it here but no one is coming in <laughs> and they said no yeah. we need supporters yeah well but at least it was a nice final i'm i'm, I'm sorry for the man city guys but i'm i i'm very happy that the blues won so you know what when when i the first time they won is the day i not the day the year i arrived in the uk in 2012 so that was kind of the welcome for me in the uk and now they won in 2021, which kind of means that life is returning to normal and probably yeah. have a good time. <laughs> uh, you know, I was saying earlier that uh, we're paying the UK uh, for being refused by a lot of countries. There's now quarantine to enter Germany, enter Switzerland, enter France, enter Denmark, and God knows how many other countries. Uh, funnily enough, the south of Europe says, no, 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 you can if you want, because, of course, tourist money. Uh, mm. <laughs> well, that's... And I, I say we're paying, of course we're paying because probably or maybe because of that border policy we just mentioned. But one thing the UK does very well, let's say, let's admit it, let's, is this genomics detection. So actually yes. detecting variant. We're, the, I think we're doing five times more than the second country. I don't remember which one that is. And on average, 50 times more than the rest of the world. So obviously we get to discover variants. And now we have this, uh, so now we have, need to call it Delta. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people are closing us, which it seems a little bit of a deja vu. But I think, I hope, no, I think it'll be okay in the next two to three months because basically we're vaccinating everyone. So Yeah, and the data is showing that hospitalizations among yeah. those who have the Delta variant that have been vaccinated is less than 1%. Yeah. After two doses, I think uh, both uh, Pfizer, I, 
I'll tell why, why I don't like to talk about vaccines, the brands, but the, vast, the two ones we've been using since the start, AstraZeneca and Pfizer, are equivalent. After two doses, you're basically protected, so it's fine. Um, some of the people here only have one shot, so that they're accelerating the, the second shot for, for those. They open to plus 25, so it's going to be fine. It's just a few months. But uh, when I say we're paying is that because we're detecting earlier... Some other countries, of course, understandably, are freaked out. Oh, there's a new variant. Let's close. Let's let's ask quarantine to from UK travelers, and then we're paying for it because you and me cannot travel to those countries. And the same story will happen like last time. Those countries a month later will say, "Oh, we have it here as well." It is not a yeah, shade on those countries, but it's it's the it just yeah. I, I'm confused by this um, <laughs> <Why>? because <laughs> well because. It's so obviously understood when you describe it like you did that we're 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 discovering them. We are not patient zero for the variants. No, that's the thing, yeah. you know. And I think that the the sort of heavy handedness of of um, you know punishing the UK has smacks of Eurovision all over it. You know, it's like. <laughs> You know, let's find you a way to. There. You went there. Let's find a way to screw it. Come on, the Swiss should have yeah, won. But, but you know, in all seriousness, you know, we're yeah. we're we're not the sort of like I said, the breeding ground for these for all of them anyway. And we're, as you said, so good at the genomic sequencing to find these variants, and because we are you. We do the day two and the day eight for anybody that comes in. Even if you is, test everything out. Is, yeah, and everything is analyzed. Sorry to have been. Everything is analyzed. Even if you test out, get a negative test on day five, analyzed. which you pay extra for. You, they, and they call you, say, you need to still do it because we use it for these variant yeah. testing. Uh, it's something that I think the UK has not patted itself enough on the back for. No. This. I mean, we did a lot of mistakes and a lot of F-ups. Uh, a lot border policy was one. A lot of things went wrong, but there's that thing. I mean, let's uh, and I, and actually in the scientific community, I work for a project on uh, with um, one of the big universities here in London. They it, UCL. It they are uh, not admired. That's not the right term, but they're like, yeah, this is what we should be doing. We should be knowing can, to to monitor what's actually happening, and then of course it makes the headlines and people get freaked out. I don't think. I mean, this variant. Uh, first discovered in India, so now Delta, is, yes, more problematic. Is it uh, a new pandemic? I don't believe so. And most people, I think, because of the, the vaccine, I still understand the knee-jerk reaction of other countries who say, oh, we'd rather close. I think Austria even went further. They just banned all flights coming from the UK. It's not even quarantine. They say, yeah, yeah. no flights are coming in. I, and I get it, right? And I, and I, and I, and I get it. So, um, but at the same time, it's a bit <laughs> being here. I'm like, oh, okay, I cannot go to Switzerland unless until uh, God knows when. And so I'll wait. At some point, though, the system of uh, two jabs being able to travel will uh, happen, and probably with the US as well. So we're just waiting. It's now a matter of month, maybe by the end of the summer or something, we'll have a system that if you have double jab, you should be okay, but uh, we're still waiting. It's still a talk yeah. for the moment, right? I think that's the murky thing. I was talking to my brother yesterday about this is that we've been saying for you know, 18 months now, that'll all be over in a couple of months, you know? And- Ah, exactly. It's never over we're, before it's We're over. getting this sort of fog of solution now, which is kind of ironic really that there's so many, ways to solve this and everyone's solving it in their own ways P post vaccination you know covid world yep that i think it's going to get messier before it gets easier yeah 
And it's never over before it's over. And if there's one thing, I think I said it all 20 too many times. If we learn something, it it's always takes longer than we believe. Everything Absolutely. from implementation to procedure for testing to get sort of everything uh, that we talk about here. And that's back to the comment from that already from anywhere. So what are the predictions? Yeah, I was talking about that in March. Some of the things that we're talking about were true. It's just that it takes freaking a long time to make them happen. We knew that a health visa, COVID passport, whatever you want to call it, was probably the solution. But it just takes time for people yeah. to accept it, for airlines to accept it, for government to accept it, to put it in place, etc. And, and then, But it, that's why I'm, I'm still hopeful. It's getting closer to the light at the end. <laughs> yeah, I... I it really, I will continue to be the canary in the coal mine for this stuff and regularly <laughs> test out procedures and come back bruised and battered and report about my, on my experiences. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, so the, the show, we should rename it the show of learning how to fly between the UK and the US because you really have a throw of information and of, um, of, uh, tips for our listeners if they, because you guys in the US were listening and you're, you're our biggest audience. You can actually come to the UK now, whereas we still cannot, unless you're like Alex and has a US passport. It's still very difficult for us to go to, go to the US. But you are welcome. Bring your cash. Bring yeah, uh, to make yes. the economy better. Stimulate our economy, please. <laughs> buy seats and buy hotel rooms. Uh, I just said, I know I'm going to be pontific pontificating for a second. I just said I don't like to talk about vaccines, brands, and I'm yeah. sorry, I need to apologize on the air because I, I in the two episodes where we recorded, I cut you exactly when you were starting talking, and I know it was not your intent. You were want to talk about Sinopharm in the UAE, mm. UAE. Sorry, the last one. It's not uh, really sorry, man. It, it's more than I feel. I mean, first of all, I mean we're not scientists. Fair enough. Uh, we, we can read a lot, but we're not. But it feels to me that having a discussion of which brand of vaccines do you want is. Uh, is a very, very, very first world problem where most of the world doesn't have access to a vaccine, whichever brand it, that is, uh, whichever maker that is. And also most of the countries actually, you cannot choose. You just take what it's there, which both of us did, by the way. This is exactly yeah, we how we, and uh, so, and it's not here to, to, to hear the, it's not about what Alex said. It's in general, because I've had a little messages, oh, but do you think this? And I'm like, guys, at the end of the day, most of the world still is still waiting for a vaccine. Most of the world needs to take, they all work, uh, whether the ones I mentioned, uh, Moderna as well, uh, they, they work. It's There's a lot of uh, communication branding issues and people think that one is better than the other. And that's very, it, they, they freaking do work. They all have 100% non-hospitalization. There's going to be a few cases, of course, because when you vaccinate, billions of people there's going to be Edge stuff cases, that happens yeah. to our bodies and there's going to be i'm not talking you know they are i'm not here saying everything is perfect and guys i'm not going to go too long into that but i'm part of the after effects for a vaccine i've had stuff myself so i know yeah. and i'm still pro vaccine so this is just a reason i want to avoid to talk about you know, oh, we should choose this one because it's better. I'm like, first of all, we don't know because we're learning with real life data. And actually the, the data in the UK, which is absolutely real life, shows that everything is working. Uh, every single one that we have there, that we yeah. have here, sorry. So I'm like, this is why I, guys, because I've got, again, a few messages. I don't want to talk about which one, etc. I will say, however, what is very interesting 
is that um, the U.S. now people are flying to the U.S. I don't know how it works because I've read an article the other day. Uh, the U.S. has more vaccine than people now. I mean, availability. And so people are doing vaccine tourism and because, especially because of that one that needs only one shot, because if you have to do two, do you do two travels, you have to wait there. And I've read that the, some of states in the US are starting to open for people, maybe from Mexico, I don't know, for people to come to get their shot, like, you know, CVS or whatever. And uh, that's, uh, I guess, a business model. I don't know. <laughs> it definitely seems to be a business model for better or worse. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think, you know, when you have a uh, healthcare system that is built on consumer choice, that yeah. unfortunately was an inevitability. Whereas here and in, in most other countries, it's like you're going to get what what we've got. Well, great, also, good. interestingly, did I say that already? I forgot. Uh, interestingly, I think it's a database problem. You know, the, the UK yeah. has everybody registered. So it's easy to say, oh, now it's the... 40 plus and now it's uh, 39 to 30 to 40 and now it's 25 to 26 which is the case this week because we have the data on everybody whereas in the us there's no such thing so you're like oh well you know what come <laughs> yeah open the floodgates and yeah uh, yeah I guess. it's fine both are fine because we end up in the same situation i mean one is more orderly i mean you know the, the british love to queue so it works <laughs> i guess you, Alex is smiling when I say that. Yeah. I love to queue as well now because, first of all, because I'm Swiss probably, but also because I live here, so I'm, I'm queuing like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about, so what do you think about this, uh, I call them elf visa, but vaccine passwords. Did you did, did you have to show your QR code on your NHS app yet or not? No, because I've only had one so far and that won't get me in anywhere. Oh yeah, true. Um, yeah. Yeah, you need but I've seen it. I mean, I pulled up the NHS app and sure enough, there's the batch number and the date and all of that stuff of when I got my first one. Um, yeah, now there's I, a QR code. If you check, you, you mm -hmm. can check. There's a QR there is code. A QR code I, I guess that will be used to scan at the airports um, at, at some point. Yeah, I, I would imagine it shows basically what's written out there in English uh, for us non-computers uh, to, to, <laughs> to read as well. <laughs> I, yeah, I think... Um, it's been interesting to see recently, as you as you mentioned earlier, some countries now saying if you are vaccinated, you can come in, uh, and you know that that's going to be policy for for a while now, I for would imagine, and how we prove it is going to be you know another set of these challenges in this sort of obfuscation of the app landscape, uh, and what if you don't have, you know, as a piece of paper, if you don't have a if you're a it's fine. I think I think the yeah. uh, so Europe has just launched its own. Um, I think it's only live in seven countries. Alex is being blinded by the sun. I can see him. Um, <laughs> thank God you're wearing a white shirt. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, mostly I think it's Poland, Bulgaria, Greece. These countries have it's live. The west part of Europe is not fully live, but it's about to get live. And for those who don't have a smartphone or don't want, you can have the QR code printed out and there are alternatives. And by the way, it's not only vaccine, it can be proof of a test because some people cannot get vaccinated yeah. or uh, proof to, for a test or if you have antibodies as well. So you can, if you prove that you've had COVID recently enough, I guess, you have enough antibodies. I don't know exactly how it works. That's also yeah. permitted in the past. I think the UK is going along this. The systems will be probably, hopefully at least, <laughs> compatible. Yeah. 
but I think it's going to be just yeah. I think it's going to be a fact of life for a while to have. I, I these. think that you'll see a lot of places adopting this idea of, of course you need to do prove to you've been double vaccinated and probably have a negative test. Yeah, yeah, Asia for sure. Uh, I think maybe look the EU is doing it. I was thinking that the EU between the EU wouldn't, wouldn't happen, so I don't know if it will happen. But they have clearly put the thing in place. So yeah, well. Maybe it's just, you know, if everybody gets vaccinated by 2023, then we don't need it anymore. I mean, if there's enough people, then the pandemic dies, even if some people aren't, because it cannot just circulate. But at least for a little while, we might have to have this. It's another app. I don't care really myself. You know, I mean, from that I've, had, I've had the yellow fever thing on the, the, the yellow card to have with me. And yeah. I, I don't know, like if, you, if you're in healthcare, you have to have the hepatitis B vaccine. It's mandated. That's yeah. So I'm like, I don't see what all the fuss is about. I mean, and there are ways, again, for those who cannot get vaccinated, there are ways. To yeah, you've always been trouble. able to. So exactly, exactly. It's not uh, also like some kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, anti. Anyway, I think it's going to happen. I think the Dubai airports, I read that, a Dubai airport's chief, I don't have his name in front of me, so I don't know how it's called. He said that's the only way to restart international travel. He doesn't see an alternative, and I think he's right. Yeah. There's just no other way. I'm just a bit worried for the moment, and I hope that's going to be uh, solved as well. I don't know if you've seen that. The EU has said that they will accept uh, fully jabbed from vaccines that they've approved, which means that somebody who's got a vaccine in the Middle East or in Asia or that is or Latin America that is not one of the three currently or maybe four approved in Europe cannot and that that will prove to be a problem i hope that this gets solved because that that's an inequality meaning that if you have i don't know sinopharm because that's the one you mentioned you cannot be entering europe and that's a bit i i understand they need to make some tests or something or yeah. validate it but uh, i mean if if there is a uh, an agreed upon standard for for the efficacy that they have uh, then yeah. since approved and if those vaccines that you're referring to meet that standard, then they will at some point be approved. But you're right; there will probably and if and if they're not approved and they don't meet the standards, then they're not good enough. Okay, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right; there's going to be a window where yeah, people are double jabbed from those with that those vaccines that are not approved, but the vaccine hasn't been approved and uh, they can't come in, even if. And by the way, it does. Let's be clear, it doesn't mean when they say not approved, it doesn't mean that the EU, for instance, in that instance, or the UK has or the US hasn't approved them. It means that because the way it goes is that the the vaccine maker needs to seek approval. So if they don't seek approval, it, the, the whole system doesn't get into play to get the emergency approval. So it's not let's not read it into the EU refuses right. another vaccine. It's more like it needs to be happening. Sinopharm, for instance, I guess, I don't know exactly the details, but you know what I mean? It's not like, when I don't think it's the EU trying to say, don't come here because we don't trust what you have. It's more like, guys, okay, so then get into the, proce the procedure so we can validate this so can people. So it's it's a bit more murky than, um, anyway. Anyways, this, no, these, no, are not it's absolutely fun, right. uh, these are not fun uh, discussions. Um, well, they're, it's, 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 they're conversations that we could never have thought foretold, you know, and <laughs> planned for with any <laughs> sense of rigor at all. So at all. we're yeah. kind of, 
you know, building the bridge as we're driving kind of thing. I love that. Building the bridge. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. yeah that's so. pithy, pithy enough to make me think I didn't come up with it first, but uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> an appropriate idiom. <laughs> The UAE is also as uh, as started a vaccine visa. So if you're that's crazy, I read that two weeks ago. If you are a Chinese citizen and you are in the region, if you travel, so you can get a vaccine visa to get to um, Dubai to get vaccinated. So basically, Dubai has become a vaccination vaccination center for China, just that it is in Dubai, which is insane. And they're saying that they are. Opening soon the vaccine visa for, uh, you know, countries that are either slow or too big of a population to get vaccinated fast. They're opening it within the next few months for other countries as well. So I, I think MRS has a, has a good business model here. You'll, you'll bring people to Dubai just to get vaccinated. And by the way, enjoy the Burj Dubai and uh, and enjoy, uh, I don't know, some of the the, the, att the attractions and, and the good food. I think it's, why not, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why? Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah, I think I, it's. Um... I I also think it makes sense. I think if you've got, I mean, if, it feels like one of those things. that's less about money and more about time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you know, I thought at some point I had vaccine FOMO. I will admit it. I was like, yeah, I was oh, seeing my sure. friends because, like we just said, the US was not going by age, so I was seeing friends younger than me getting it, and I'm like, what the. Why am I not getting mine, right? Yeah. I'm 45. Uh, very privileged. Again, I realize a lot of people listening because I see the stats are in countries where it's not even started. So pardon us for having that discussion. So I was thinking, I was like, should I go to another country? Uh, so Dubai was one and Serbia in Europe was the one because Serbia was actually from the start. They said whoever can, they were even like advertising to Germans or something. But then I was thinking... But because of that discussion we just had of the vaccine passports, I hate that term, by the way, vaccine passport, because these are not passports. But anyway, um, I was like, if I get the vaccine abroad, then maybe the NHS here will not recognize it and I won't get access to the app. And I'm like, no, I need to wait because then I don't want to not be able to travel because I didn't get the vaccine in my own territory. You know what? I, I thought like, oh. I, I had the same conundrum running through my head, too. In, yeah, because you could have gone to the U.S. and I, gotten it. I could have gone to the U.S. and got the Johnson & Johnson, I, I think, at least theoretically. And I think you could, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I was, I had the exact, I, I drew the same conclusion after some humming and hawing <laughs> that, that you did, that it just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be worth, you know, three week head start or whatever it might have been. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, it was just a few weeks. Yeah, it's true. But those few weeks, and I understand because I've still friends waiting for theirs, feel forever when you see more and more people around you getting it. Yeah. So I can only feel for, especially again, for countries where it seems super far. And we're here talking about people that already had uh, um, both. Um, Qantas. <laughs> Quantas is offering unlimited flights for a year uh, for people who are vaccinated. <laughs> what? I think it's a pool. I think it's a lottery. It's not oh. every single person. <laughs> but they basically want to encourage people to getting the vaccine. So they say, hey, here's a big lottery. You can get air miles. And part, I think few of the prices are like unlimited flights for a year. I don't know if it's international or not, but that's good. Yeah, that's you. a good one. A lot of uh, <laughs> governments, I mean, the California, I can't remember if I mentioned this, have put a $15 million fund together uh, where if you have been jabbed or, 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 or get jabbed at any point, you are instantly entered into this lottery. They're paying people, I think like 50 bucks to get vaccinated and you have the chance to win a million. 
Because California is absolutely rolling in money right now, so they can afford this, and it, it's a very good investment to get those fence sitters or the the person yeah. that's like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, we'll, yeah. okay, we'll pay you, yeah. and you might win a million bucks. Wow. Yeah. Well, I should have gone there to do my. <laughs> some places are doing like you get a burger or scene. a beer yeah. or marijuana. I saw. This yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weed, exactly. <laughs> Great, fine, I, whatever it takes. I think uh, the, the um, is it um, West Virginia's. You have you can get a gun for the vaccine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look at the face of it. Don't can, I, can we can we get a A three fifty for a vaccine? I, I'd like that. If, if some government can can get into a lottery, we could get an aircraft. You know what? I mean, it's I, funny you say that because I every time I see the A three fifty, I miss it. I want uh, to fly on it, like I because. I taxing. I'm always on Dreamland, which I love. But I look at the 350 and go, oh, I want to get on one of those. And of course, the 380. I don't. Ah, uh, man. I kept wondering, like, when I haven't seen a 380 other than an Emirates one taxi past me yeah. when I flew out last time. I haven't seen one in the flesh. The Emirates, I think, are the only ones flying in right now. You cannot. So we basically we're lucky in London to even. You're lucky to even see one. In the flesh, because it I don't did think... feel like seeing a rare Bird, nocturnal yeah. animal. Yeah, <laughs> let me take my camera and take. Well, I have a picture in 2021. It's dated. Look, it's 2021. I had a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at that thing. <laughs> you said 50 bucks. I think uh, was it American American Airlines is offering 50 bucks and a day off for the staff to get the the vaccine. I think it's. Uh, I mean, you don't get a million bucks as a lottery, but I think it's um, it's also. Nice, I guess, to, yeah. to, 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 to do that. Um, the, uh, who else? I think United, where, where is it? Uh, I think I took a note that, yeah, United, <laughs> United, uh, Scott Kirby said a few months ago, so that's not relevant anymore, but that they had been thinking of developing a new class, so oh, economy, premium, business first, and they said, oh, We're going to do a vaccine class. <laughs> so they wanted to actually use, I think, premium economy to segregate people who had the vaccine from everybody else. So you could have your own cabin in their flights. It didn't happen, wouldn't have happened, said it was too complicated. But they thought about it, which is insane when you think. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like having smoking and non-smoking on an airplane, right? You know, yeah. with an airborne pet, you know, virus. <sighs> but that was the the fact that they thought about. I mean, it's creative, I guess. Uh, and United is also I, um, they're saying that they're they're asking their employees, the ones that are in the air, to get vaccinated, otherwise they will be moved to non uh, customer facing um, uh, capability. I think. Uh, well, fair enough. I guess it's. Uh, it's it must be a complicated debate to be had. To be frank, I'm pro. Vaccine, I understand that at some point it can become difficult to handle and how you handle your current employees. It's it's not an easy thing for airlines to, to be no. dealing with, to be honest, right? But, but what you're describing, at least in the US, seems to be the the general, you know atmosphere is that they're really, really pushing frontline customer facing staff, especially in flight, to To, to get that they're sent actively incentivizing them and also saying look but if you don't then you're just not going to be in front of the customer yeah i mean i i i, I get it uh, it's it's also kind of a branding exercise customer exercise to tell you remember at some point all these airlines uh 
Emirates and Qatar and others were saying, all our staff is vaccinated. They were like, it's, it was part of their communication towards to reassure their the passengers, the wannabe passengers, that it was fine, right? So I yeah. guess it's just, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, have you... <laughs> Uh, talking about the since we started with a bubble was um, our friend who was doing the bubble between um, New Zealand so Australia and New Zealand that direction uh, the bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore uh, is uh, yes. uh, I think Berlin uh, of tra airport of, <laughs> of travel bubbles uh, that was Mike Bird on Twitter I sent you I, f I found it so funny uh, that's a tweet the year is. Uh, 2287, Hong Kong and Singapore announced the beginning of discussions of a travel bubble. Though no restrictions on international travel exist, the plans will be ritually redrawn two months later. Nobody remembers the origin of this strange practice. Exactly that. It seems like every two weeks, they're like, yes, we're not. We, I think in, in, it was, this could happen. This will start. No, it's delayed. Sorry. This could happen. It's close. This will start next month. No, 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 it may not happen. No, we're not doing it. And basically, they're still not doing it. It's, uh, it's... poor, poor. Just talk about expectations and anticipation for travel. Imagine you're living in Singapore, you, and you want to go to Hong Kong because I know you love Hong Kong. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, I know. And you book a flight, and then it gets canceled, and then you book it again, and gets yeah, it's just oh my god, poor uh, guys. There, tell us how it feels to not being to be given this glimmer of hope. And that glimmer of hope to be, you know, removed off your feet so quickly afterwards. Yeah. It must be really... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because of the joke that I just read. But other than that, it must not be funny. The irony is that the cluster in in Singapore, uh, which is the reason why this not happened, I started at Changi Airport, which, whilst it's not in use, so you're like, mm, what? Yeah, there's something <laughs> going on there. And I, I, yeah. I'm reading all of the the new case reports out of Hong Kong from all the countries. Yeah. And I thought you guys were closed. How is this happening? Yeah. Viet Vietnam uh, as, as well. Suddenly, I think Hanoi uh, airport has closed all fly international flights. So it was mostly, I guess, flights for Vietnamese abroad because the country is virtually closed. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, and Alex is, is suddenly in a uh, microwave Owen because <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so you'll just get the dulcet tones of the birds because I live in Illinois. <laughs> I love the birds. I also kept my guys. If you're hearing uh, birds, it'll, it could be on my side as well because I I, I left the, the window open. Otherwise, it would be uh, too way uh, too hot. What do you think, man, about this announcement by United that they're going to invest in Boom, the new supersonic? I wondered if we were going to talk about this. I am so excited for supersonic travel to return. I feel like we've talked about this in one form or another for a long time. Yeah. And I think it's a fantastic PR move because there was lots of asterisks next to this order, which is we're going to buy however many they committed to, I think 35 or, or was it 35? I thought it was 15. 15 with the option of 20 more than perhaps. Oh, okay. There you go. And then it was like in the bottom, if this is met, if this is met, if this sound and safety and environmental things are all met by when they where they said they were going to have them have them live, our peers in the uh, armchair airline world <laughs> have just roundly derided this as PR, Everything. yeah, something to talk about, something positive. I would love for it to happen. There's yeah, still mean. so many hurdles. You know, and most supersonic travel is still banned because of noise. Oh, the boom, yeah. I didn't know this. I don't, maybe you caught this during during the pandemic that 
one of the big um, private supersonic jet manufacturers shut up shop. Uh, Which one? I, oh, maybe nah, I knew you were going to ask me that. I can't the, remember. The, never mind. But they um, they were. I th- it might have been the one that that Branson. Oh no, Ban- Branson invested in Boom. There was. It was another. It was basically oh, yeah, the was other a, one. Yeah, the other one. I remember we talked about it like years ago. And they maybe, just maybe, you know, two three. They just said we ran out of money. Sorry, bye. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow. But I mean, it's a big undertaking. Not only to develop the actual engine, but to do, to do a frame, like you said, all the safety and and having to deal with i think that you know even though there's no supersonic flights the the supersonic boom over new york and over london it's still not so you cannot do it so i'm saying these two cities because it seems that the obvious one of the obvious choices to start a route with would be that one what i didn't realize is that this i don't know what the name of the boom aircraft is i forgot it was over something um it's only 55 seats so it's it's kind of a on the smaller side of so i'm wondering are those only business first (laughs) because uh i'm guessing the price will be yeah i mean maybe not concord prices but not i mean if it ever goes if it and that's what that we're talking the end of the decade at least i i yeah i i I have to look. We're it up. not that old, so maybe we will actually experience that in the next twenty years, and I really hope so. But I'm not holding my breath. But I really want to. At the same time, they, you know, <laughs> I I feel like if it had come from somebody like uh, Boeing or Airbus yeah, or you know, of course, but yeah. they came out of Y Combinator, mm-hmm. so they're a start, you know, like a tech startup, and it. I'm sure that they're all very, very smart people. I well, think certain. things like SpaceX have proven that, you know, mm-hmm. an outsider can come in and in, a re- in relatively short period of time, totally revolutionize an industry from soup to nuts. And um, these guys may do it too. And I, I, I am rooting for them. But I'm yeah, me too. Quietly yeah, as geek, I want it to happen because I want to see a supersonic flight. I want to be on one or at least see one on your on our on plane radar, plane finder. I mean, I want to see that happening. Yeah. I mean, I really hope because the other trend, since we just talked uh, uh, of the Atlantic, the other trend, which we foresaw because we were talking about it way before the pandemic, but now is clearly happening, is that over that route, which is one you take very often, if you were to go to New York or Boston. We'll start seeing uh, the 321XLR, basically single ale. And for me, long haul travel is wide body. So when I'm in a single ale aircraft and I've done long flights with a single ale, uh, I don't like it. So yeah. I'm like, I'd rather, if it's a single ale, give me a boom thing that goes super fast and not, I like the 321 fine, but I think it's not as glamorous even as a 777. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I don't associate that aircraft with long haul travel no i i i think it's not going to be as fast as concord either is it it's oh no no they i think but 1.7 if i if i if i'm not wrong because I, i don't know but i'm guessing that because of the ban of the noise both over new york and i think london by the time they could basically push the freaking afterburners and go super fast, and then they have to reduce the speed, the actual Concorde bit, when they were really going at uh, Mach 2, what was, it, what was it, is not that no. long in terms of distance. So 
maybe, at least on that route, maybe if that boom aircraft was to go, yes, they're slower, but would that make a huge difference in the end with the fact that they need to wait until they can go to full speed and then they need to reduce speed and they need to wait to do it because Heathrow is always backed up? I don't know. It's a, it's, 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 it, that, would, that would be an interesting one. Though I've read, I, I, I don't know if you, you probably, because you follow the same guys that I do on Twitter, somebody was mentioning that a lot of people back in the days of Concord were using Concord to go to the US because it was super fast. But coming back was not as much use because you would land very late at night. There was no benefit. You would rather sleep for mm -hmm. seven, eight hours in a triple seven, for instance, because why would you pay in that direction in terms of I would arrive in the middle of the night? There's no benefit of arriving three hours in London. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I read that. that I, makes, I never thought that about makes it. a lot of sense. And whenever I've read, you know autobiographies or the diaries of this famous person and they always talk about taking it to new york and not back from new york i'd never considered that that's a very good point i'm gonna credit maybe it was john ostrower i mean one of the guys we both follow on twitter i had a thread about this the other day and i think that was i never thought about it it's very interesting because it's true that sometimes if it were to arrive, what's the benefit of arriving in the middle of the night after a three-hour flight? I mean, I'd rather than have a nice, comfy seat. Yeah. On a I mean, the alternative being it's like an 8 a.m. departure and you arrive in the afternoon in, in London. But, you've but done, I think that didn't happen. Yeah, you've lost a day. You know, your, 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 your day is in the air, so you're right. I'm sure they did. I mean, obviously, they did to get the plane back. So Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, yeah. It would have been interesting but to know. Especially with the price difference. It's like, why would I pay that much to fly back if anyway there's no true benefit to do to do it? Yeah. Alex, are you still there? I am. Yeah, it's fine. You're just your camera disappeared. That was weird. <laughs> it's okay, you're still you're still you're still with me. You're still with us. Yes. Uh, so guys, let's do the we have what, ten more minutes, we'll do a little bit. So um flights to nowhere. We discussed that <laughs> last time and I I was like curious to see because we were hesitating which countries were doing it or not and which airlines and I just googled and of course <laughs> I did realize South Korea so South Korea Air Busan I've never flown them me neither did you ever fly them they're doing um, flights to nowhere as well uh, why that's an interesting bit just so that you can buy duty free on board have you ever had an experience where you thought you got into duty free and thought that is markedly cheaper than I would pay on Amazon or the grocery store? No, me neither. There, there probably have been a time, maybe in the eighties or the seventies, because maybe you had that. I remember people telling me, Paul, buying a camera at Hong Kong airport duty free was so crazily better than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And nowadays I'm like, no, not really. No. And, uh, but probably there was a time and maybe some of the older generations of guys that are listening to this can actually tell us, but there was probably a time when it actually made sense. I would love to hear duty-free tips because I look at the prices and go, mm, no, I, I, no. and you look on Amazon, you're like, I, don't, I can. Yeah, no, exactly, right? It just makes no sense usually. Yeah. I mean, it's like you just, what were you saying earlier? There's maybe this thing that because you're in an airport, you're already in a mood of saying, oh, why, you know, let's do some shopping. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm enthusiastic about the fact that I'm going to travel. So you, you do that. That I understand. But in terms, if you really look at the pricing, I was actually, when I was doing this um, hackathon in a plane, oh, yeah. brought people in the 380 from Hong Kong to London. There was one of the teams in a hackathon that, that was 
doing that, I, I haven't followed up where they are now, but they was they were from China. It's almost a cliche, duty free in Chinese. Sorry, <laughs> and they were um, they did this comparison thing, so where you take a picture of the thing at duty free, let's say in Hong Kong, and it would automatically compare with all the other duty frees they had data on to <laughs> tell you where it would be the cheapest duty free. Maybe there's a demand. I don't know, but I've never also find. Uh, usually, I buy something at duty free because I forgot. Like I forgot. Uh, Ba my battery pack once yeah and i'm like oh i need to buy a battery pack because i'm going to rattle out a battery on my iphone yeah. but that's pretty much the only yeah. reason i ever bought something at dude free i would i would love to and i think maybe there's almost a way to flip that model and say you're in uh i don't know mumbai and it has the cheapest duty free in the world for product x yeah you know and they're like, oh okay well yeah. that's worth knowing i wasn't really in the market. But would you go for it just for the GTF reason? No, if you're there, it would be nice to know. But yeah, it would be nice to know, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, 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 no. We've been over this. If I'm not going to go for the yeah. meal, I'm not going to go for the duty free. Uh, and so through my research about these flights in the world, I found one which we can go behind is Emirates 2. Sorry, we can go behind. Emirates did a two and a, two and a half hour flight to nowhere with uh, for the celebration of the vaccination success oh yes. so yeah so that's nice new zealand air new zealand did um, a care flight it's called uh koru i had to write it down here it's uh they're carrying uh, children with disabilities they've done that before the pandemic and yeah. this time they did a flight uh and they drew a giant kiwi i saw that it was cute that, that's super cute yeah that's uh, super cute and um and yes that was the, the, the scope of my research. I wanted to know about uh, Taiwan. So Eva Air was indeed doing flights to nowhere and the flights was fully Hello Kitty themed. Cause that's amazing. Was it them that had the Hello Kitty livery? Yeah, yeah. at the airport, I described it. Yeah, yeah, they had like these That's right. And it, was a, it was a gate actually, right? <laughs> they also wow. have flights, that, that's, that's fun. Oh, well. Um, and um, if you were to live in Hong Kong, I know you always um, think about your days, days past there. Uh, there's no flights to nowhere, but you can go to cruises to nowhere. I'm not sure that's... That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this couple in India, final one, this uh, couple in India who did, um, because it was, they're still going on restrictions, obviously, on weddings. They invited all their friends on an aircraft and they had I saw wedding that. They chartered the whole people. plane, yeah. <laughs> so they didn't have to obey any rules. Yeah, oh, my. I love it. Wow. I love it. I don't know. I think it's stupid, but... Congratulations to them. Yeah, happy. That's happy. all I'm going to say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, look, I had a little bit more things, but I think... Yeah, let's do one, two more. Yeah, one more, and that's it. Uh, it was actually a, um, a message from... LA Flyer, our dear friend. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll just ask you the question before I go there. What do you think? I mean, we're not, either of us, is, we're not working for corporate. So mm. our business travel is our, our own and we deal with our clients ourselves. But do you think business travel is, will be lagging? Do you think it will take a while for them to restart internationally? Or, or maybe have you seen in your flights a lot of what you thought were business travelers or they're mostly still... Either casual or it's definitely still casual. Um, I thought it was probably engineered, but also very funny that during the Delta earnings call, uh, when Ed Bastian was saying that uh, video calls are no uh, replacement for yeah. 
face to face, the video dropped out. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to, I mean, I think it's the same from work with work from home. I don't think we'll ever go back to pre pandemic levels, but I, I think it will come back gradually towards the end of the year. Yeah. I think there might be, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence because on one hand, I'm like, if you, if I were to be a boss with a lot of people, I want to be cautious because I have a duty of care towards my employees. So, and I don't want to force them to travel until it's actually safe or it's not completely your personal responsibility. I'm talking here international travel guys. I mean, domestic in the U S probably fine, uh, or in China, if domestic as well, but once it's once it starts it can go very quickly mm-hmm. once once it's actually happening corporate can go come back very quickly and the the, the tweet that la flyer uh, s- sent me it was um, a lufthansa group presentation and they did a forecast and for them the uh it's pretty grim they they say that the reason they're going to be okay is because of casual uh, flyers but at corporate even by 2025 will not reach it will it will reach perhaps ninety percent of what it was uh, in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So um, it, for them, for Lufthansa, it will take time for the corporate travel, international corporate travel, to to start again. And and maybe it's part of the reason you know some borders will stay longer closed than others. Hopefully not to twenty twenty five. But uh, yeah, I I I I have no idea honestly. I always thought that tourism will start first and corporate travel later but now at which speed corporate travel once it starts can recover i think it will be fast but when i don't know yeah however you like the 350 you just mentioned uh lufthansa uh, is installing first class on the 350 so i think if they do that is that they believe that corporate travel is coming back the way they wouldn't do it otherwise no i right? i think yeah i mean they have to, all of these these airlines have to take the same length view that they do when they're planning new product and ordering new airplanes. They're looking 10, 15, 20 years in the future. So I, I think that they see uh, things returning relatively back to normalcy. Otherwise, they just wouldn't, um, they wouldn't be making these investments. Yeah. And I kind of love that. That was even before when we recorded last year. We, Everybody kind of loves saying it's the end of first class, and every time it's the end of first class, there's more first yeah. class. <laughs> it's like it's like the cycle of life. You know, we go through a crisis, whether it's nine eleven, whether it's a financial crisis, everything. It's everything is doomed. Yeah, and then life will never be the same. Well, we get back into the cycle of being becoming overconfident until the next cycle, and we overspend, and then it comes again. Yeah. I'm. It just. I think it's human nature, and. And to be frank, for me, it's the same. I think you said that in the two episodes ago about all these f- fake, stupid prophets, like the death of cities. You know, the cities are not dead, guys, or the death yeah. of office. No, they're not dead. It's just an equilibrium. It's just like, I think I agree with what you just said. There'll, there'll be a new equilibrium that will take probably a decade to filter through, to crystallize, because I think there will be another correction at the start. Everybody will want to go back to office. Not everybody, but a lot of people... I've been starved off not seeing colleagues. So at the beginning, you will want to see them. Yeah. And maybe at some point, you will become back to some flexibility. But this, like, it's end of first class, end of this, end of travel. I'm like, what? What are you talking about, yeah, guys? It's never nothing. Unless it was an extinction event when the virus would eat our flesh yeah. after having met for two seconds. Yeah. Okay, but no. I mean, it's gonna be fine. I mean, it's gonna take a little bit of time, but it's gonna be fine. So to finish off, um, I'm not gonna do a trip myself because the the big one is the upcoming, which will be probably the next or following episode, which was my Hong Kong 
Cathay Pacific first class. So last time, where was I? Oh, I need, and I forgot which, which I forgot to play the music last time. I wanted to play something to say that I was talking about an old, of course, when I do that, I forgot to put the sound on. So I'm going to do it again. <laughs> the old, uh, oh, look. So that's, that's a signal that we're I back love in the, the old like phonograph. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'm not gonna do. I'm gonna do one flight. I was in Singapore. You remember that was a long flight. I did my speech. I stayed two days in my favorite hotel there, which is the Capital Kempinski. Really fantastic. It has a little bit of raffles. Oh, nice. I kind of wanted to be kind of the raffles, but it's not the raffles. It's really, I love the, Cap the Capital Kempinski also because, it, I mean, it's expensive, but it treats you super well. Um, so I arrived, I think, I think I cleared immigration by at seven in the morning. I was in the hotel at, at 20 minutes later. It's wow. crazy. There's no traffic at that, at that time of the day. And of course, my room was supposed to be only you know at noon, but I had to be on stage at nine a.m. As I said, and the guy's like, "Yeah, here's a key. Just go take your shower. It's fine. Or it's super nice to have to have that." Um, so I stayed two days in in Singapore. Great food, great drinks. Of course, it's fun. Thank you again, Ernest and uh, Chinji. You guys were amazing. They were hosting me. Uh, I, I tried, guys. If you are in Singapore or if you're going to Singapore when it opens, you need go to the nutmeg and clove. I forgot the name of the mixologist. She's amazing. She did uh, she did me a, a chicken broth based drink. So it was an, yeah, I look at the face. That needs to be tried. It's absolutely fantastic. She's a great mixologist. I'm really sorry I cannot remember your name because I probably have noted it somewhere, but yeah, it's, I highly recommend nutmeg and, cl and clove. It's a bar uh, in the very cool district there. Um, what I did though, when I was there for two days, I went to see the old. Have you ever this the old airport, the original airport? No, I've never been Singapore there. Called Kalang Airport. So it's the the runway has disappeared. Is a run. It's, it's actually a highway. So forget it. But the original airport is still there. You cannot go in. Uh, sadly, I think at some point it was some kind of co working space or you know art space or something but it's closed but you can really see, still see it uh i love the architecture is and you almost it's very eerie because you're like i'm in the middle of high-rise buildings and highways and there used to be an airport here yeah. and you still have these tiny i do love that it's 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 fantastic and by the way if anyone in singapore knows how i could get into that building next time i come just Please hit me up because I really want to see how it is inside. Yeah. Uh, it, it's lovely. Uh, so the Holy Grail, as I said, it was is it, the next um, the next flight. But this one was just uh, a small flight from Singapore to Hong Kong. It was, if I do remember, a triple s no uh, three thirty. Three, 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 mm. uh, and I was in business class. It's probably tighter than the triple seven. It was really nice. Um, four hours. I think nothing special about it. Probably because back then I was doing all these long flights, and four hours seemed, seemed like nothing. Yeah, which is pretty sad when we'll I walk in the park. Now. <laughs> but uh, it was a very nice flight, and that's the airport of the day. I wanted to mention Singapore T four, where I started that flight. Because I I don't know if you've ever seen T4. T4 used to be the budget terminal. Yes. So, uh, and I remember when I first stepped into T4, the current T4, I was like, what just happened? I remember being in that budget terminal years before, and it was literally a concrete cube with no personality, felt really like... 
Am I really in Singapore Airport when you see the rest that is so fantastic with all the amenities? It was really... I don't know how to describe that, but very, very grim compared mm -hmm. to the rest. And so they redid it completely. It's They still call it a budget terminal, but as I just told you, I flew Cathay Pacific from there, so I'm not exactly More sure regional, that qualifies yeah. as... Yeah, it's, I guess it's... You're, you're right. It's not... It will be, but it was not linked with the others. You cannot simply walk. So it's a, either, for me, I arrive with a taxi there, but you, there's, I think there's a bus mm -hmm. that uh, drives you between the two bits of the airport. At some point, of course, when the new, if you look at the plans, everything will be connected and there will be 25 terminals. Yes, yeah, <laughs> no, point, You know how Singapore. Yeah. But what I, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about for a few minutes, uh, two more minutes before we close the show, is that for me, even back then, I remember I noted on my notes, this is probably the airport of the future because everything was automated. It's a, it's a miniature Singapore airport because you know Singapore airport yourself. Yourself, uh, Alex. Mm -hmm. So it has all, you know, even the carpets are a bit slow. <laughs> it has all the markings of truly being on brand with the rest of Singapore Airport, but everything is automated. You arrive, you have like rows and rows of automated machines that seem like small R2-D2s, and it's really well done. You have a few checking counters. You can, of course, obviously. It feels like very empty because there's not a lot of staff. Again, they automate everything. You even can check in your luggage with an automated machine, which I did. So, you know, you, you put your tag yourself and, and it just goes through everything. And, and, and I do remember that the immigration counter, because I had to go out of the country, and in Singapore you need to get out. Uh, so they had e-gates for Singaporean and residents and, of course, nationals, and I think some Asian, you know, the ASEAN uh, region, but not for someone like me. Right. And I remember noting, and now it's that's very pertinent for our world, on the table where I was putting my passport and giving the passport to the immigration officer, it was saying um, self-cleaning bacteria in action or something like that. So they had made a, co a special coating that was, I guess, eating all bacteria, eating all whatever, and it was completely self... I don't know how that works, man, because... <laughs> but. Now that I think of it, I'm like, this is exactly what all airports should have because people are still freaked out of touching things. So yes, this was they they foresaw the future even before it it, it happened. I uh, auto I think auto cleansing surface something like that. It was crazy. I mean, it was like that was 2019. You know, now it would make sense. But anyway, so and inside it's still smaller, but it's very well done. Um, you have a lot of low cost, of course, AirAsia, for instance. Are they still around? I don't know. Um, There's such a an amorphous brand, you know, all <laughs> over the world. Who knows? And uh, Cathay Pacific and Korean Air. Uh, so these are the two that were, I guess, regional. I think you you made a good call here. Um, it was it's really an airport for the future. The lounge of Cathay Pacific was really nice. Good lounge, again, small, because it's a smaller airport, small terminal, but really, really nice. No showers, but you can go to the next one, I think it was called Blossom, to take showers. Really comfy. There was a feeling of being in an airport. I mean, of course, Singapore is very good at this, but that, and I noted that in 2019, I was like, this is probably the airport we're going to see more and more, the type of airport we're going to see more and more. And now that we've been through the pandemic, I'm like, this is probably what we're going to see more and more yeah. anywhere, where, you know, we just mentioned QR codes for everything, automated and well automated you know not like yeah where you're actually cost, adding don't friction. care yeah. yeah so it was yeah it was it was cool sorry that was a long one alex i took two hours of you no no I, so I love doing this so it's always a, it's a treat for me i know no for me too that's why i was sad that we couldn't record that 
Uh, but your daughter will be even strong, stronger now that uh, she had the wrists of steel. Yes, I Gosh, sure hope. <laughs> did did her did her brother sign another cast? Uh, no, we, sh- we have uh, this these <laughs> rolls of tape so she can change the color of the cast at her whim. So we've been doing that instead. Uh, this is very cool. We didn't have that as no. kids. We had a grim white thing. Yeah. Oh, so this is yeah, a little bit kids a little these bit days. So. Good. I'm not. I can ask you whilst I put the music and I'll put it low for the end of the show. Uh, your next flight is then this Friday. Yeah, to DC. Yeah. And so, just to DC, you said. Yeah, yeah. DC. So BA. Uh, American. Nice. And you don't know where you're coming back. So I don't know if I'm ever coming back. No, I live there. Now. Exactly. Maybe he's never be gonna be here with us again ever. Take your microphone take with you microphone so we can do another episode. Whatever. Somewhere airport lounge i'm huddled in a ball in uh i will participate in the conversation from <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna say don't get diverted this time because if i say that we're gonna have another news to talk about so enjoy dc my friend thank you i'm looking forward and to enjoy it. the flight see you next time guys Safe travels. bye There we go. Thank you, Alex. Love it. (laughs)